kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, fellow Skywatchers from all parts of the globe. We're back live on air once again on this beautiful March 4th, 2014, broadcasting from New Logic Studios in Miami, Florida. I am Angel Espino, your host. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Alan Weiler. Alan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great this evening, even though we've now switched to a time zone where I'd rather be sleeping. Well... I don't know about that. You're a night owl, so I don't know how much sleeping you do at one in the morning. I'd like to be in bed. Well, you could be in bed with your show and have people call in and we could have sexy Skywatcher talk with yeah. the lady listeners. Yeah, I don't think my girlfriend would be too thrilled about it this week. It's all good. Anyway, uh, welcome everybody listening in through Shotcast, of course, uh, through the uh, PSN Radio Network and Dark Matter Radio Network. Uh, don't mind Alan, he's simple. Anyway, uh, anybody who uh, wants to uh, call in tonight, it's going to be open lines the entire night. We're going to have Olav Phillips on the show in the second hour. And in the first hour, we're going to be joined, in fact, in a few minutes by William Michael Mott who is, of course, the host of The Outer Edge. And uh, he was actually, it was funny because we booked him, Alan here on the show. And right. we booked, you know, I had him booked a couple of weeks ago. And yesterday he was on Future Theater. And it, it was one of those things I was like, oh, snap. He's going to be tomorrow on Skywatchers. You know, it's, it's a small, small world on the network. Yeah, but the thing is I produce Future Theater. So it's kind of one of those, oops, you know, like, Oh, well. But a double dose of uh, Mike Mott. So he's going to be with us in about 15 minutes. We're going to talk about ufology, UFOs, and a whole lot of spooky stuff that's been but going it's on in the really news. Not double, but it's really not doubling up because some people don't listen to their show and some people don't listen to our show. Is there anybody there that's on the uh, listening now that can actually say they listen to every single show that's on this network or they listened to them last night? Oh, I think we have some carryover listeners from uh, Features Theater, and, and shout-outs to Bill and Nancy Burns, by the way. Uh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they, that we have a couple of carryover listeners. Okay. I mean, All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I believe you. And if I'm wrong, please, you know, Please, let folks, know. call in. Yeah, please call in. Let, let me know and be like, no, we don't listen to them. We only listen to you guys because we like Skywatchers. Behold and then tell us the why you don't listen to Future Theater. It's a great show. And uh, again, Bill and Nancy Burns do a great job on there. So check them out every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. I want to give a quick shout-out to a couple of friends of mine, by the way, this week who tied the knot. And um, this is not Skywatcher-related, even though they kind of had a, a really cool thing that happened, which was Spacey-related at their uh, wedding uh, party, which was uh, very neat. Um 
I want to give a shout out to uh, Gary and Marina Barrientos. I've known them for about 20 years. I uh, went to high school with them, and I just want to give them a quick shout-out. They're listening tonight. Uh, they uh, tied the knot after 15 years, man, of going uh, together, and, you know, that's true love. Either that or it's clear insanity. What do you think? I think that it's a great thing that you're wishing them well on their new journey together. Indeed. We uh, had a great time at the party uh, that they threw the other night, and uh really cool thing, uh, they had a wedding cake that was designed by Gary's niece, and uh, shout out what? to uh, the family. Uh, but the, check this out. What, the what, wedding... what, what, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, it, it was designed. I thought he's got the Lieutenant Dan band. I didn't know he does baking too. No, check this out. Listen, his niece and her boyfriend designed uh, like the. They did like the design for the cake. Anyway, uh, they had like a bunch of little toys and stuff, and they came up with the neatest idea. I posted it on my Facebook. If you guys want to check it out, I'll post it on the Sky Watchers one also in a minute here. Um, it's uh, f- uh, facebook.com forward slash Sky Watchers Radio. Uh, but a really neat cake with uh, Princess Leia and Han Solo and little Chewbacca. And it was all designed like it was the Wookiee Aww. Forest. Very, very cool stuff. We're all Star Wars nerds at heart. So when I saw that, I was like, I want them to cater my wedding. Like, if I ever get married, if I find Mrs. Wright, uh, I, you know, I want them to do my wedding because there's going to be a Star Wars theme for sure. Has to be. Oh, yeah. And you're going to walk through and set of swords up in the air. You're going to have lightsabers up in the air. Of course. Yeah, of course. And you're going to fly away in the Millennium Falcon uh, or the, uh, what they call it in Robot Check and the aluminum something or other. The aluminum Uh, what? I don't know. Did you see the Robot Chicken Star Wars episode where there where Palpatine is actually saying, "What the heck is an aluminum filkin?" No, I, I missed that one. But um, but you know we'll the Robot be... Chi- you know Robot Chicken and they have of this really cool episode. Okay, Robot Chicken does a lot of stuff on Star Wars. I mean, oh yeah. Oh yeah, ton of stuff. Uh, I think they're like the biggest fans. Well, Seth Green is uh, the main dude behind Robot Chicken, right? Yes, he is. And he's like a huge Star Wars nerd. So, oh, you have no idea. Shout outs to Seth Green. Love his stuff. By the way, he's a great actor. Um, this week, speaking of uh, stuff that has to do with uh, space and aliens and stuff, we're going to get into later on. I had uh, a chance to check out a new series, a pilot episode for a show called The After. Now, Alan, have you checked this out, bro? Have you seen this no, episode? No, no, I haven't. I've gotten into Helix though, which I really find really, really cool. I haven't um, seen that one yet. I'm going to oh. check that out. But The After is created by Chris Carter, the uh, creator of the X Files. That's where I'm Ooh, going with this. Okay. This thing, it, look, right now, anybody who has an Amazon account, if you have Amazon Prime or whatever Amazon account you have, I think anybody can kind of see this. Amazon is doing something really cool. They're putting a bunch of pilots together, and the more people watch them, the more reviews they get, the more positive stuff they get on there. You know, they're going to keep these pilots and create real, you know, shows out of them. This is an amazing pilot. I mean, if they don't pick it up, I hope, like, Fox or somebody picks the show up because it was an incredibly well put together pilot. It really had that Chris Carter feel, like that X Files creepy factor to it, man. Oh, okay, all right. You got my attention. All right, all you right. have to see this. It's uh, just uh, an, an incredible pilot. Again, it's called The After. The After. Um, it it's kind of a weird pilot to uh, to describe because it starts off and you think it's going to be something like an alien invasion, obviously, right? Because it's Chris Carter. Well, yeah. Right. So you think immediately, oh, alien invasion. Something happens. There's aliens. You know, something's going to go down. Uh, well, 
there's a twist, and it's a very supernatural twist. And uh, when you see what happens at the very end, it's gonna flip your mind, man. It's so awesome. wait a minute, wait a minute. So it's UFOs and paranormal. So are we back to Bat Squatch? Oh no, no, no. This is better than Bat Squatch. Okay. Fine. And shout outs to a good friend, UFO Phil. This uh, thing I'm talking about, it's it, it, he's blue. He's blue. UFO yes. Phil is in it. No, 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 no. But you know, UFO Phil is cool with uh, Zach Son. Yeah. That's his boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, so anyway, he's, UFO Phil is one of my best friends. I don't know if you know that. It's, now it's I do. Oh, okay. Well, I feel I feel I feel so like unloved now. Uh, I'm not one of your good friends. So oh you know. no, of course you are. I have my circle of friends. You're you're one of them. You're in the circle. Okay, it's a crop circle. You have see we it's here a crop have circle a crop of friends. Circle of friends. Right. That is correct. It is the- a crop circle of friends. Okay, that's why none of us can understand each other because we're all talking in hieroglyphs and other glyphs and other patterns and things. We never Correct. know what we're saying to each other. We need subtitles. And I am Cuban, so sometimes, you know, I have a verbal slippage. You gotta just <laughs> work with me, fellas. Yeah, that's that's the understatement of the decade. Uh, week, uh, um, uh, month, uh, uh, shut your mouth. Uh, I got a couple of uh, things I wanted to go over before we get. Our, uh, our first hour guest, uh, Mike Mott, on. Uh, one of them is NASA's Unexplained Files uh, tells the story of astronaut Leroy Child's UFO encounter in 2005. Now, I sent you this link, link Alan. Uh, yeah. What would you think? Did you yeah, read it? Um, I, I read it, and uh, it, it, it sounds plausible. Uh, I'm not calling hoax on it just yet. Uh, you know, he was commander of the ISS and, you know, for six and a half months. And I'm sure he's seen some things out there that he really, really, really can't explain. Uh, you know, just because he said he saw some lights doesn't mean that's all he saw. That's all he's allowed to say is what, you know, is what we're getting. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder how many astronauts have not come forward. I mean, obviously a lot of them or none of them come forward, but how many astronauts have actually seen things when they're in space, uh, that they really want to come forward, but are scared to, or uh, told not to, uh, how many times it really does happen. I'm sure, obviously, you know, there's been other astronauts who've come forward in the past and said they've seen, they've seen stuff, but with all the missions and stuff that goes on, I'm pretty sure it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty covered up. The amount of actual things that are seen up there by some of these guys. Oh yeah, think? oh yeah. There, uh, we will never see what we want to see from NASA. We're never. gonna need a whistleblower of some type. Well, we had a Dr. Edgar Mitchell, and that really has done absolutely nothing. But uh, what we're talking about here, and I just posted it on our Facebook uh, again, Facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. Uh, says here a new TV series will examine some of the more unusual, mysterious, and sometimes spooky situations that NASA and its astronauts have found themselves in over the years. Uh, says here, uh, take astronaut Leroy Chayo. I'm probably is that how you pronounce it? Chaya, right? Um, I have anyway. no idea. Well, anyway, he was uh, the commander of the International Space Station for six and a half months in 2005 on a uh, spacewalk of 230 miles above Earth. Jeez. Right. Wow. Traveling at about 17,000 miles per hour, a uh, child suddenly saw something that made his heart leap into his throat. Just because, you know, being that high up there would make my heart leap into my throat. I don't need to see anything else, but well, apparently he see, saw something. Did you see Gravity and IMAX? Uh, I did, and that made my heart leap into my throat. That was, again, should have won Best Picture, but 12 Years a Slave, damn, that was a good movie, too. So, um, well, you know what Ellen, Ellen said, you know, if we don't vote it, we're all racist. 
Wow, I'm not even going there with you. Well, no, no, no. You didn't see her opening monologue? She said, you know, they're all great movies, but if none of you vote for 12 Years a Slave, you're all a bunch of racists. That's what she said. Here's the thing, though. How does the director for Gravity win Best Director and his movie not get Best Picture? How does that work? Um... I'm still exactly. Not, no, no, no. It's exactly. happened once or twice. It's, it's yeah, but that, that, that's just weird, man. Because if you are the director that gets the the uh, the award for you know being the best director of the year, that means you had the best movie. No, right? not necessarily so. Not necessarily uh, well, so. Anyway, that's a different topic. But it, uh, let's uh, continue this real real quick. And again, it's the posted way- on on the Facebook. All right. The same way, by the way, Leonardo DiCaprio did not win an Oscar. For he the is what? never going to win. You know what? Did, did you see The Great Gatsby, by the way? Yes, I love that movie. Okay. But he, I figured out how The Great Gatsby and the Titanic really work together. Oh, boy. You, you ready know, I, really wanted, I wanted to get through this article, okay. but uh, what? go ahead real quick. Okay. Okay, this is what really should have happened with The Great Gatsby. This better be funny. That's all I'm saying. This better be good. No, 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 no. no. What happened to... What really, better really blow my mind in, here, Alan. Okay, right. well, this has to do with James Cameron, which did, who did Avatar, so this is how right. it... The guy who did Terminator, yeah, we know who he right. is. Right, okay. By the way, yeah. new Terminator coming out. Schwarzenegger says it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's called the... Genesis, Terminator yeah. Genesis. Yeah, right. I'm not, I'm not going to bother watching that, sorry. Oh, okay, fine, that's they, your choice. They, lo- they lost me at Terminator Salvation. Okay, fine. Well, you, you're the one who's pimping up RoboCop on... on uh, RoboCop was on, amazing. On but look, we're, we're getting so off topic here. For, let's, tell me okay. your, your joke so I can finish this article. Go ahead. Because well, we have Mike, Ma- think, Mike Mott is waiting, man. Okay, this is how it should have ended. Okay, In Titanic, Jack actually did not really... He did not slip the blue diamond into Rose's jacket. This is the director's, director's, director's edited abridged cut. He actually kept it for himself. He didn't actually drown and freeze to death. He ended up on another boat, and 12 years later, he turns out to be the Great Gatsby, and that's how he got all the money, because he sold the diamond off, so he can now actually run... Being the Great Gatsby. That's how Titanic you, jumps into the Great Gatsby. You gave us. You took two minutes of our time for that. That's. I wasted your time. I'm brilliant. sorry. Okay, fine. Moving on. Anyway, it says here I saw some lights that seemed to be in a line, and it was almost like an upside down check mark. And I saw them fly by, and thought it was awfully strange, just like. That connection that Alan just made there. Pretty well, hold strange. On. If you're if you're in space, how do you know what's upside down? Well, that's an excellent observation on your part, but I guess to his frame of view. So you know, was it going in a pointy arrow kind of direction, or was it going the V where the two open sides were going forward? Was that's what uh, I'm saying. The, was it upside down? Or, you know. Well, it, this is that's what the, that's the quote from the uh, <clears throat> the Huffington Post here. Okay. Says, well. Uh, now, despite his shock, there's also a rather uh, mundane ex- uh, explanation uh, for the lights. A fishing boat, that's a, uh, I guess, let's say that might be an explanation, some fishing boat. Lights um, from a fishing boat. Uh, yeah, I call bull Twinkies on the fishing boat, and I'll explain why if you want. Okay. If you cannot, from space, identify a parking lot from a, a football stadium with all those big, bright lights... How are you going to see a fishing boat in the middle of the water that has nowhere near the wattage that one of those lights would have? There's well, not enough lu- there's not enough lumens for the human eye that far away to be able to identify a fishing boat light, unless it was the Titanic. No, it, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of, of a good 
uh, come back to that. Give me a second here. You know, it, you know, give me a, you know, I don't care what fishing trawler, unless it was hit by lightning and they. Well, got if you that. look look at the picture and the recreation of uh, what he saw in space. Ah, uh, recreation. See, this uh, is... well, yeah, but he's saying that this is exactly what he saw. I mean, he's looking down on the planet, and this is kind of like what he saw. You know, uh, from how many? From two hundred and thirty miles above the Earth. Correct. Do you know how bright that's those high up lights there? Must right. You know how high. You know how bright those lights must need to be for him to be able to see it. Uh, we're actually going to take a quick commercial break because we're going to have our guest uh, for the uh, first hour, uh, Mike Mott, here in a couple of seconds. So just stick around. We're going to be back on Skywatchers Radio with William Michael Mott, and he's going to join us for the rest of the hour. So we'll be right back. Stick around and call us on the other side. 786-245-8127. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey girl, school zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Free stuff for you just for listening to this station. Yeah, we got your attention. Here's how it works. You click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio loyalty. Click the banner to join now. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey girl, school zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. You're listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network. All right, everybody, we're back on Skywatchers Radio after a short break there. If you guys want to call in and get in on the call, please do so. 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. Of course, you can see us on Skype. Look us up, PSN Radio. Um, It'll get you right through. So if you also have any questions in the chat room, uh, please ask away. We'll try to get to them as as soon as possible. Chat room, of course, is located over on psn-radio.com. Um, check out the uh, player right on top. It says, enter the chat right here on the little link right under it. So just click on that. You'll be in there in the chat with us. Ask whatever questions you have. You can also ask in our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio, and ask any questions there, and we'll ask and we'll answer them on air. So uh, We actually lost Alan for a minute. Uh, I think he's having uh, the New World Order corrupt his signal. And I think it's happening because they know that we're going to have Mike Mott on the line. And Mike Mott is a dangerous man. And Alan is a dangerous man. And we can't have three dangerous men. I'm not counting myself. I'm counting Pete Dickinson. My, He's my producer. I, I'm not the dangerous one here. But we can't have Mike, Pete, and Alan on the same line. So right. we, I think the New World Order had to remove Alan. But right now I am joined by Mike Mott from The Outer Edge, who joins us here on the show uh, you know, periodically with uh, ufology-related topics that we want to get into for the week. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Welcome back to Skywatchers, my friend. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Now, what do you have for us this week? Uh, what uh, topics did you bring uh, on board here that you want to uh, go over? Because I know you sent me a bunch of links earlier today. Yeah. And I know there's a, it, some stuff you want to go over with us. You know, there's a, there's a pattern I'm seeing with some of these local, uh, local recent, I should say, uh, UFO stories. Mm-hmm. There were a couple things that were interesting. One of the things that was interesting was uh, uh, a NASA astronaut who apparently had a very uh, um, serious... Uh, sighting that he reported it. Uh, oh, we're talking about Leroy Child. Yeah, we were actually yeah. just talking about that before yeah. we, we brought you on board. So really? uh, this is excellent. We could pick up right on that. I could tell you cool. weren't listening well, and that, that's to the first part of the show. Because it, it seems legit to me. I mean, trying to, ex- folks. trying to explain it, <laughs> you know, trying to explain it away as, uh, as a fishing boat is, a, is, you know, seen down the ocean on the earth is ridiculous because of the distance. I mean, 
it would not have right. looked that large. That it, you know what I mean? It, it, I mean, it, it had to be a really big fishing boat, Mike. Yeah, like a couple hundred miles wide. You know, Tita- bigger than the Titanic. Yeah, and I we, mean, that's, we talked that's about Leo just, earlier, also, by the way. But no, it bigger is, than Titanic. Yeah, that that's just the most ridiculous. I mean, that's right up there with swamp gas. You know, that's just it's absurd. So that that's a pretty legit story. And then there was another story, um, you know, where these uh, they've they've apparently recorded another strange signal, which you know seems a lot like some of the signals that we send out in search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And so there's a nearby star where they they say that they have actually picked up a signal just for you know a very short period of time. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but it was it was a very short period of time. It was a large pulse and. Right. Uh, but it was it was apparently you know it very very much had the characteristics of a of a uh, an, an artificially created signal. And, you know, you know what, what it gets only, me... was only ten seconds long, basically. Okay, um, but okay. you know that that's interesting. was it repeated though, or was it just like one time? Just signal? One time, just one time, and this has happened before. You know. Um, Way back when, I'm trying to remember when it was. I think it was like in the 70s, sometimes 70, 77. They had one like that from the whole other area of the sky. But you know, one of the things I noticed that there there have been a lot of reports just in the last week or so of of UFOs. Um, I see one here. Schenectady witness says oval UFO moved low and slow over neighborhood, and it talks okay. about that. Hey, Alan, is that you? Yeah, hey, sorry about that. Uh, Way to to come in really smooth there, Alan. Uh, You know, I would hope that professionally you just come in and just jump back into the conversation. Sorry. Just jump in. I mean, you you, like interrupted Mike here, who was deep in a sentence here, which um, (laughs) I don't know exactly what he was saying, but it was important. I know the audience was listening, and you interrupted him. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, what happened? Did you have some New World Order types like knocking your door with uh, black suits on? What happened to you? Actually, that's a whole other conversation about last week what happened, but that's a whole other story. Um, turned, um, my girlfriend's daughter um, had a significant asthma attack as well as trying to get a hold of me by getting my attention by pulling a plug. Doesn't, hasn't she heard of knocking? Dude, I had my headphones on because I'm doing the show with you. Oh, well. That would be, yeah, that was a good point. But still, anyway, moving on. Uh, Mike, continue. You're, you're deep in thought here. Yeah, I was just saying that the first thing is there's, there's, a, there's been a recent sighting of a, a, an oval UFO moving low and slowly over a neighborhood in Schenectady, New York, okay? okay. And, you know, you read the description, and it, it's just basically it's just a light or a series of lights. You know, it, it's uh, the same old thing. There's another deal where um, – Low-level UFO incidents have been apparently uh, – there were several of those in 2013 in Pennsylvania. Um, Stan Gordon, you know, who was on the, the – uh, the, on Unraveling the Secrets as a guest when I was hosting that. Uh, oh, yes, he, way back yeah, when. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great researcher. And uh, Stan Gordon, <clears throat> excuse me, he uh, had a lot of accounts of, of some low – what do you call low-level UFO incidents, <clears throat> similar types of objects and so forth. Um and there were some others. There was there was one in uh, Lewisham, which is over in the UK in Kent or near Kent. Uh, UFO buff spot intelligently controlled. It's, you know, because I guess it was. I guess it must have like been. I don't know. Maybe it was skywriting or something. Craft heading toward <laughs> Kent. Did uh, it write uh, congratulations, uh, so and so, for their wedding on the sky? Yeah, 
Yeah, and it was not a very good alien ship. And that's and what I don't know exactly where it is. There was another one that was seen in the UK, similar. You know, okay. it had multiple lights on it, and it flashed and and stuff. And these things are, you know, being seen. Uh, there's a lot of these recently in recent, yeah, recent weeks. But, and, but you're, you're, I mean, a lot of these are, are reported, obviously. But how many of them right. are reported from astronauts? For crying out loud! Exactly. Um, you, you have you have two stories which are significant. You know, the astronaut story and right. the uh, the ten sec the ten second pulse from a from a nearby star. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the thing is about these other sightings, uh, very interesting. There's an author named, um, what was this guy's name? Nigel Watson. Nigel Watson is a UFO author, and he's kind of been lurking on some UFO groups and, and message boards. And uh, I would suspect maybe some skeptic websites because, you know, skeptics these days are actually debunkers. Uh, that's what they really like to do. They're not really skeptics in the traditional sense. They're more like they have to prove something or disprove something. So this guy apparently found plans for a worldwide UFO hoax in April. Oh, I saw that. I saw that, yeah. actually. So, yeah, and so what he's doing here, he basically revealed what these guys were planning to do. They're trying to get people all over, you know, people who have remote uh, operated uh, aerial craft, like, you know, uh, uh, helicopter, you know, Radio-controlled radio helicopters, helicopters, and you know what they're doing? Yeah. Um, the one that I saw, someone pointed out that they were planning on hoaxing. They were going to get one of these radio-controlled helicopters and get one of those toy Tron discs yeah. from the Tron movie that light up and put it to the bottom of the radio-controlled helicopter and fly it around because that way it has more than one light going on it. And it, yeah. It, you yeah. Know, that's, well, you know, what, what he said was he said that... I think I'm going to do that. They tried I to think, get part... They've been trying to get participants in the USA, the UK, France, South Africa, and the Netherlands. And all of these, all of these countries already are some of the countries where they've been reporting all this flurry of, you know, flashing lights and strange, silent, intelligently controlled crafted over neighborhoods. And you know, I'm starting to think that these are the people that are getting ready for the hoax. They're I out think there. They're, they're practicing. Te- yeah. They're yeah. Te- exactly. They're testing their little. Uh, remote operated vehicles. They're they're getting ready for the uh, for the big April Fools. But they said they want to create an uh, apocalypse like idea in the media. So wow. you know when you hear these things, you got to kind of. But that's the Obama drones. That's all, that news is already here. It's the Obama drones. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically, these guys are, uh, uh, you know, people like this are they they obfuscate the truth you know they're not helping to solve any mysteries answer any questions all they want to do is confuse everything right. and uh, that's what they're going to do and so i think it's already started because a lot of these things that people are seeing in the last couple of weeks really do sound like you know low-tech um remote operated vehicles well, well just there's, ima- there's imagine two types we- of people that we're dealing with here well, you got to realize more than two, two th- actually. But go ahead. no, no. Well, he, you're saying there are some people that are there just to obfuscate. There are some people that get off on doing it because right. they're it's their job to obfuscate and you know be the shills in the UFO community. And then there are people that are doing it just for giggles. And there's a big separation between the two with this whole hoax thing. There are people that are doing it just because it's fun, and there are people that really are doing it because they want to confuse us. Right. Well, this is a coordinated. Well, there is there is a third. Also, there's a third tier of people here. Uh, you have people who are trying to create an image for themselves, and they will use some kind of right. a hoaxed event to create themselves into some kind of a cultist-like figure. And you well, what they what which they happens like a lot, they, by the way. They would they would like to stir up a fervor, right? You know, in the UFO community, and then they could come out and say, "Oh, you fools!" 
that was us. Oh boy, don't right. you, don't you all feel stupid? That's just like the, the uh, just, just so, like the Bigfoot guys, uh, the, the Bigfoot yeah. hoaxer guys. I mean, the same yeah, exact exactly. thing. Same thing. And, and the thing is, they've now changed the date. They're saying they're going to change the date from April one because if they do it too close to April the first, then people will know it's a joke or a hoax. So now they're planning on changing it. And they even had a thing. This is what this is what they said. Anyone who has a multi rotor drone or anything that can carry a strip of LED lights and hover is invited to join in this event. They plan it and says here they plan on launching the drones at 8 p.m., whatever their local time is, and they've got participants in the USA, UK, France, South Africa, and the Netherlands. So basically, this is a coordinated hoax event, and it's going to be relatively soon. It may be before or after April. And mm-hmm. like, a, like, like, like I said a minute ago, I think that a lot of this already is we're seeing these people practicing. They're, they're getting their toys out and and flying them over their local neighborhood, and you know, people are just to see what kind of reaction they get. I'll sort of test it, whatever. But uh, these are people that are actually coordinating a worldwide UFO hoax. Low tech. But, you That's know. interesting. Uh, just imagine how uh, people are going to react when we start getting the Amazon drones constantly flying around. Those We're going to shoot them down. There'll be We're a lot of deliveries down. not being made. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good old boys with shotguns uh, shooting down. Just be uh, people saying, hey, look, it's an Amazon drone. <laughs> Wonder what it's carrying. Let's find out. That's what exactly. We'll it's Duck uh, Dynasty shooting them down. Yeah, there you go. That's probably exactly what's going to happen. Uh, you know, th- going back to the story, though, with uh, Leroy Chayo, uh, you know, the interesting thing is this is very far up there, 230 uh, miles above the Earth, traveling at over 17,000 miles per hour. Uh, that's that's really really fast for them to say that. Oh well, you know we could just, we could definitely uh, define this as uh, fishing boats. I'm I'm with you, Alan. Right. I'm calling uh, bull twinkies on this one also. Big time. Big Thank time. you. By the way, folks, for any of you who are tired of hearing us use the term bull twinkies, I like please it. give us a very UFO oriented version of it as well too. UFO twinkies. Please. No 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 no. no. Alien I mean, well, twinkies. No no no. Great twinkies. What about cow UFOs that land on the ground? What? Hmm, cow patties? That's interesting. Thank you, cow patties, but we call, well, there's a UFO version hmm, for it. Cow patties, I like that. I don't know. we got to think of something better than... And I'm a vegetarian, which is funny if we start using cow patties, by the way. Okay. Um, we're not going to use it as fertilizer. Yes, it's cow patty. <laughs> cow patty, uh, for, you know, fertilizer. That's it. Uh, Fly, I don't know. we got to think... Patties. Yeah, it's a flying patty. That's it. It's a flying cow patty. I'm calling flying cow patty on this one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's the thing. I mean, Man, you're just the making thing... it complicated for me with my uh, light accent here, aren't you? Just, <laughs> I mean, so it'll I, take I, me I, a couple of weeks to get that right. So I'll let Alan just say it. with me. You shut your mouth. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to let you say it from now. I'm not even going to say that one. So, by the way, has anybody seen this new show, uh, Hangar One, yet? No. no. Okay, I was just flipping through on uh, the Hitler channel, I mean History channel. And, <laughs> yeah, no, you were right uh, the first time, actually. You know, the only reason I call it the Hitler channel is because... You're Jewish? You know, ev- no. Well, that too, but oh, okay. every single day from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock, it's always a World War II show, and it's only the Germans' perspective. Really? I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, I mean, the the other perspective is there's a lot of screaming and burning. Nobody wants to really see that. No, I mean, no, that, no, no. We uh, we got that with Passion of the Christ. That's a snuff flick, dude. Like nobody really wants to see that on the History Channel. Dude, I just saw the Passion of Christie. I don't know what what you were watching. 
Well, but but that was for download. But that's a whole other thing. Wow. No, but seriously, th- this what, new Chris, show called Hangar One. Chris Christie has a snuff film out. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's the past. Moving the on. <laughs> okay, he sat on somebody, right? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, and and he was smoking crack with some guy from Toronto. I don't know what the hell that was about. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, there was this new show that I saw called Hangar One or Files from Hangar One, which is all about the MUFON archives, and it premiered last week. Um, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday night, and I'm wondering if any of the, anybody who's listening in has seen this, and I want their opinion on it, because I watch Ancient Aliens. I love these guys, especially Mr. What's-His-Name with the hair. George Tukaloos. I, I can't pronounce his last name. It's all crazy. See, and I can. That's crazy. How, how does that work? It's your accent. Um, Tukaloos. That's it. No, you know what it is. You know what it is. He and Bill Burns are kind of like they're cool. And I was talking to Bill the other day, and just hearing Bill Burns, you know, repeat his name over and over um, for about forty-five minutes, as you know, it started from one question that led to a forty-five-minute answer. Uh, that's kind of what happens. Love you, Bill. Uh, but he explained in detail their relationship, and it was a passionate explanation. And after that explanation, I will never mispronounce his name again. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Burns, for that. I like the guy. It seems like a really intelligent guy. I hope we get to have Not him. Not with that hair. I'm sorry. Well, you know, Albert Einstein had crazy hair, so well, you go know, on. I mean, I'll give the, you fa- that. The, the fact is, though, that uh, not every brilliant idea, brilliant creation, brilliant construction, advanced mathematical concept, um, advanced uh, geometry, uh, architectural wonder, all that stuff was not aliens. People are smart. People have always yes, been smart. Exactly. Yep. And in fact, in those days, you had to be really smart just to make it through the week and not be dead. So, um, only the smartest people survived. So, I, I think actually, people back then probably were a lot smarter than they are now. So, we they just oh yeah, we've been dumbed down. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, they were they were doing like advanced problems in their head, probably in their sleep. I mean, you, you go back and read some of the writings of all the great thinkers of that time, and, and these are people who basically, you know, they didn't have the accumulated human knowledge that that we have access to now, which makes us think we're smart. So, you know, when I, whenever I hear, it had to be aliens, it had to be ancient, because mm-hmm. ancient astronauts were the first to make pasta. I don't think so. You know. These pyramids obviously were here because some gray aliens put them here. No, it was because it was a hundred-year project that you know some people did. Was it the Roman Colosseum or a toilet for ancient aliens? <laughs> well, actually, I think that is a toilet for ancient aliens. I'm but, you know, I mean, it, it just it reaches a point of absurdity. You know, it does. Absurdity. No, it really does. But you know what's what's crazy is that we really get no credit from those folks. And you may love them. I'm not a you know. I love the I show. I, I didn't love say them. I love them. I, no, I no, love there, the production, there are, there are but reasons. there is so much stuff on that show, man. That I take you know, so much. Exactly. Uh, have so much, uh, you know, debunking you that you can do to that. It's just you, you have to suspend your disbelief. And I only hold I'm on, like on, doing that when I'm watching. I say Superman. I enjoy the show. I didn't say I believe everything in the show. No, I understand that. It's look, great. There, it's there great is, fiction. There is a kernel of truth to some of what they say. Some, yeah, very small. But nowhere near eighty percent of it. 
Well, that's kind of like the Bible. I mean, there's a kernel of truth in there, but most of that stuff was written by some dudes who were like well, hallucinating that, more, on, on a mushroom. People don't realize that that's more bit. That's the Bible is more historical. It's more of a historical document, right? It kind of tells yeah. the perspective of a particular group of people. Right. But the whole ancient aliens thing is is it's just so like like I said, every ancient great thing and event in some way has to do with aliens. Every major historical event has to do with aliens. You know, if you were to go along with this this concept, then all of human history is a big alien puppet show. And I just don't believe that. I don't think that that, that the facts bear that out at all. So, I think that there are that there are those out there who do manipulate us and some of them are human and some of them may not be. And I think also that there are those out there who uh, who Use a lot of disinformation and misinformation to obtain what they want, and they always have, whoever, whatever they are. But that doesn't mean that all of human history and every great discovery and every you know great calamity is somehow related, related to aliens. I mean, that's, it's just ridiculous. I completely agree. And, uh, I would agree as well. I, I say even certain events like Roswell, for example, could be explained away uh, without having an alien crash be the, the you know the reason for it. I do think something happened at Roswell, and I think it has been covered up. I think the government slid for years. Right. Uh, Wait, hold on, I'm, hold on, hold on. We that had, much. I'm, I'm we had there. Martell on the show here a couple of months ago. You were a gung ho. Oh, I am gung ho. There's something crashed, and I do think personally, this is my belief that it was of extraterrestrial origin. But I am open to suggestions because well, you could, you could, there's you many different. There's many. Hold on. There's many different you know, things that could have happened. I mean, you you can't just right. be closed minded. You have to have there, an there open mind. There have been mind. about ten different theories, and you know, right? Nick and Rick the government's Rick given us about fifteen that, different but, explanations over the last well, fifty years. I will tell you this, and, and this is from a source that that you know, Jackal. Um, my friend Walter Bosley, who's a really great researcher and writer, and he really, really knows what he's doing. He he actually has a background in uh, Air Force intelligence. He used to work at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, in that capacity, he did special investigations for the FBI. He's done counterterrorism, and of course now he's looking at all this stuff. But when he came on our show way back when, he he talked about, and he's done this more than once, that he had. Uh, his grandfather was in intelligence, and at the time of the Roswell crash, something else was going on in that area. And he later told Walter that people th- thought it was aliens, and that was kind of what they want you to think. But what they discovered was that they had, when they were out there doing some of the stuff they were doing with with uh, different types of testing and and other things that they were doing to the area around Roswell in the general area. They came into conflict with a, a an ancient group of people who he said were related to modern humans, but they're not us. They're a different group of humanoid people, and they live under the ground. And they have an advanced technology. They have a hidden civilization. They've always been here, and they actually had some firefights with these guys. And he said he t- Walter said that his grandfather told him that these guys that crashed were representatives of that civilization and that they were shot down. We shot them down. So, you know, you hear all these different stories, but to me that makes a lot more sense. When you just look at the the, the evidence for, uh, uh, w- when you do see evidence for intervention and evidence for interference and manipulation and, you know, um, smoke screens being put up to confuse people, human beings, I see it more 
as a hidden civilization that doesn't want to be discovered because they it's to their advantage to continue to doing whatever they've been doing when they need some something you know from the from the idiots that are up on the surface killing each other so so uh, so you're saying basically we're their puppets and uh, they only no, deal with us when they have to and I, I would say we're, that's I don't think we're their puppets I think we're just to them we're just a resource that they can use and abuse whenever they need to or want ah, to. Ah, Eloys and Morlocks. Hmm. Right, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, and you know, this is an old theme. I mean, this goes all the way back into antiquity. Every ancient tradition talks about it. Every folklore system has the same basic story. And this is a guy, you know, who, who I mean, when it comes to, to uh, telling it like he is, I think Walter pretty much tells what he knows. I don't think he he's one to exaggerate or, or make things up. And so... You know, it's very interesting that uh, you know when you when you read these accounts, you like you said you hear so many different things. But basically, what it all boils down to, a lot of people that saw these beings, you know, only in recent years have they had this morph, this morphing into the so-called gray alien. Originally, they were described as small humanoids. That well, yeah, like Asians. You know, it's funny we we talked about that last week, and it really wasn't until Close Encounters, the movie, came out that mainstream America really said, "All right, that's the the picture of aliens." In the fifties, sixties, we had all kinds of weird monsters. We had green right. aliens. It, mostly, the definition was little mar- green Martians. That was like the traditional definition back in the fifties and sixties. Then that movie came out, and boom, that was the definition of what aliens looked like. Uh, yeah, there were incidents before that described great aliens, but really, that movie is what ingrained it in society's yeah. consciousness, I think. Well, you know, even in traditional real UFO accounts and encounters, or supposedly true encounters, yeah. you know, there were there were all these wide range of there's this huge wide range of beings that were seen in the 20th century, and even going back into antiquity, all sizes, shapes, you know, but they were generally usually you know humanoid, but they were everything from hairy dwarves to you know little, like you said little green men to giants and all these different types of things and. All of a sudden, they become incredibly homogenized into these gray aliens with some slight variation. Uh, occasionally, you hear about, still hear about the Nordics, which, of course, goes back to uh, both Nazis and, and Adamski. But on top of that, you also hear about you know the reptoids, which is very ancient, a very ancient idea. But they were, you know, when, when you look at the popular culture, you'll see things like in uh, the Twilight Zone. I think that there were some episodes of Twilight Zone that really influenced the, the UFO phenomenon, the way people think about these things. Um, there was, there I'm was thinking the one that was to serve man. Yes. That's, that's a good one. And that seems yep. basically based on, uh-huh. uh, based on the, uh, the idea of the Nephilim, you know, the giants who come down and, and they pretend to be your friends and then they're going to just eat you basically. Right. But, but you know, there was one that I'm trying to remember the name of the episode, but it had a, a country boy named Frisbee in it, uh, who was a big talker at the, at the local, uh, um, feed store or whatever, and he was always telling all these these tall tales. And then he basically was abducted by aliens. First, they, these two men in black type characters show up, okay, and then they take him. They 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 somehow convince him to come out to where they are on the outskirts of town with a disembodied voice. He goes out there and he's taken, you know, into uh, into the craft, a, a traditional fi- flying saucer, and. They basically look a lot like it's called actually it's called Hocus Pocus and Frisbee, and these these beings look a lot like the the modern day concept of greys. 
They look very, you know, tiny little mouths or not almost non-existent. The weird big wraparound black eyes. They aren't like as big and round, but they're basically that. That's basically what they are. And uh, you know, and the only way he gets away from them is by blowing on his harmonica, which apparently has a very harmful effect to their sensitive hearing, and they call it a sonic weapon. And so, of course, he goes back to the store, and nobody believes him. He's finally telling the truth about something, and nobody wants to hear what he has has to say. So, but it's a really great episode. It's got Andy Devine in it, who was a great uh, comedic and character actor. But uh, he plays the lead. He plays Frisbee. But uh, yeah, if you go watch that, go look that up, that episode, you'll see that there are a lot of elements in that story that are very similar to encounters w- with Greys and stories about Greys, and. You know, there are lots of different episodes like that of, of old TV shows like, you know, the, the Outer Limits and Twilight Zone. I wonder how much of that got into the, into the unconscious and uh, the collective unconscious, the, you know, the public and, and influenced a lot of these things. Well, well you know, I don't, that, that, well, no, real quick, that kind of uh, theme, though, is really seen even throughout like the 70s and 80s. Uh, for example, Phantasm had a very similar theme with a tall yeah. man uh, who got the bodies of the de- deceased and took him to another world so they could feast off or whatever they were doing with him. Uh, you know, that theme is kind of recurrent in ufology-based movies also. But go well, ahead, Well, it's Alan. not just ufology-based. It, you know, it is a primal fear right, that of something man. of yeah. man, that either something really big or really small is going to come get us. Well, I think also, you know what it is? It's we, we're thinking about the, the food chain scenario. Uh, uh, here on Earth, we have a, a food chain, right? We eat animals. We eat chicken, we eat cows, we whatever. Uh, if we're in a certain, you know, chain, right. uh, you know, maybe there's a, a being above us that actually feasts on humans. Maybe there are several beings that, that prey on us, and like I was saying, it, it, there are different ways you can prey on something. I mean, I mean, it, this would be a perfect place to have, like, a little livestock area just to, on Earth, you know, just... Well, yeah, I mean, and that's something, you know, I look at in my book, Caverns, Cultures, and Concealed Creatures, it's almost like this is a farm. It's right. a place of resources all the actions here, all the genetic action is here as far as right. we know. I mean, yeah. all the different animal forms and life forms. And when you read the early UFO accounts, you'll see that these beings were were witnessed, you know, early on, you know, taking soil samples and looking at plants and stealing livestock. And then you go back through antiquity and you find that the so-called fairies and elves and, and all these other strange creatures and beings or the, the jinn and all the rest of them, they do the same thing. They, they kidnap people for sexual purposes because they say that they're, they have to have a regular influx of genetic material from human beings or else they, they'll die out. They come and they, they take livestock. They take, uh, uh, so basically we're living in Farmville and we're going to get harvested. Well, Pretty much, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the it. old, it's the same old theme. Except now we have uh, technological uh, interpretations for all this stuff. And by I the know, way, I, I, dro- I, I dropped an image. In, in, I dropped an image in Skype or a, a link for you guys to look at, so you can see this thing from the uh, the Twilight Zone episode I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I saw it, and, and yeah, it is kind of uh, your traditional gray. Yeah, just just an early version. Guys, right? Exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, I could see this uh, morphing into what we now have as the classic gray. Exactly, or, or even and, yeah, I I, I I could agree with that. Yeah. yeah, and by the way, I'm going to uh, go ahead and for our listeners, I'm going to post that over on our Skywatchers uh, Facebook account. So if you guys want to see that picture that uh, Mike just supplied to myself and Alan here on Skype, uh, again, go to facebook.com uh, forward slash Skywatchers Radio, and it's going to be posted there right now. So. And you can actually find the the whole um, well, yeah, the whole episode. Uh, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee Online. I think Voodoo, V-U-D-U, has it. Um, So if you do a search, uh, Google search for 
for Hocus Pocus and Frisbee, you'll find it. It's a really great episode, too, because it's got a lot of themes that you later find in ufology, um, you know, like the men in black type characters and, and all this kind of stuff. Disembodied voices, which actually happens a lot with UFO. You know, people say, I heard a voice in my head, you know, and, and all this stuff. And it's the same kind of thing. It's just that it was very early on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out what... Well, how, how much of that do you think for people that uh, hear voices in their head? How much do you think is authentic UFO related, or maybe just some people that are a little bit loony? Yeah, who knows, man? This this came out in 1962, but understand, you know what we talked about. On, well, that, here actually, we're, we're gonna we have somebody who's uh, calling in who wants to uh, ask a question. Sure, uh, Scorpio's on the line with us. We only have a few minutes uh, before we go on break again. Scorpio, what's up, dude? Hey guys, so you were looking for more. Colorful metaphors for when you want to call hoax on something. Yes, oh, sure. Yes, yes. but remember uh, language. Yeah, I want to take. I want to take a couple stabs at it. Okay. How about how about bull crop? <laughs> that's that's a good start. I like that bull crap. No, or how bull about crop. A, bull crop? Yeah, crop. Yes, yeah, so you know, so the fill word. You're changing the one vowel, but now it right. relates to crop circles, kind of bull crop or bull crop. Sorry. But it, it, depending on how you say it, it's still going to sound like what you know you really want to. Yeah, we don't want the censors say. censoring us. So. Right? Yeah, 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 you're right. It might just sound like you're slurring your. I, I like it. I like it, but it just sounds like I'm being Cuban again, and we don't want that. Or, or this <laughs> one might be. <laughs> or this one might be a little bit too thoughtful. But what if you called it Alsep? Alsep hmm. is the abbreviation for um, Apollo Lunar Surface Experiments Package, but it basically just means the garbage that got left on the moon. I don't know, man. I think that's yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little esoteric. For most listeners, are probably scratching. scratching yeah, most their people heads. are going to be like, "Huh?" Yeah, some, pe- some people are going to need to buy a vowel on that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got two more. How about a, a sci-fi like fictional one? How about Bantha Pudu? I like that. Bantha I like Pudu. that. Yeah. I, I, I believe Star Wars really related, tra- but it, but it's a little long. But it, but it might be trademarked by uh, Disney. Yeah, right it, now, there so. might be a trademark issue on that one. Yeah, so we can't use Bantha Pudu. I use that in my everyday life, though, when I get into that situation, because I'm trying to clean up my language, even on my regular everyday interactions with people outside uh, the shows here. So, so we could I, call, I you a, call you and we shouldn't call you a nerf herder. Nobody calls me a nerf herder or oh, scruffy. Yeah, that you can't really take nerf herder back. No, yeah. You I mean, can't. once it's been said, it's been said. Okay, one more. That's how messed about, up, Alan. It's messed up. How about <laughs> Bigfoot brownies? Ooh, Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. We could go with big, Bigfoot brownies. That works. Wait, 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 wait. How about? Well, if, how if, about... if you're gonna go that route, how about just saying Sasquatch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We have a couple of winners. We wait, have wait, a couple wait, of winners. Wait, wait, wait. Can we? Can we use Bat Squatch? I want Bat Squatch brownies because neither of them exist. Well, you know, I mean, Sasquatch. I mean, you know, I mean, it basically sums it up. So, okay, sorry. There been, you know, there there have been some uh, so recent. I, I've seen a few a few Bigfoot stories lately, by the way, but but not as many as like a year ago. You know, they were there. Now all of a sudden, it's all these UFOs, which are obviously, or at least most of them, are remote control vehicles by somebody with you know too much time and money on their hands. Um, but. Uh, Oh, you mean anyway. the U.S. government? Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, them too. Yeah, the Obama administration. Uh, well, they're, giving, they which... just, they're giving a billion dollars to the Ukraine. I just wonder where my billion dollars and your billion dollars are. I just want. I sure can use it. How about you guys? I keep a couple um, hundred bucks. I tried to good. win the lotto la- the other week, but it didn't. Work. They didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was going to call the psychic hotline, but they went out of business. And you know, I thought they were psychic enough to know they were going yeah. out of business. Yeah, they should have seen that coming. Hmm. <laughs> 
Call me now, Miss Cleo, tell you. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know. I I figured that billion dollars could have helped out some people over here. You know. Yeah, I I I think uh, I think you're right, and but it's funny that the Ukraine is actually based on where it is is actually one of the largest grain producers right. uh, for most of Europe. So and it's the breadbasket you know, for for Russia too. Yeah, um, and, and if that place goes, uh, there's going to be well, a lot of starving hungry got people. All, all their main uh, oil and gas pipelines, where they are selling almost all of their stuff to Europe, Europe is getting almost all of its oil and gas from Russia now, especially mainly in Europe. And uh, they go right through the Ukraine. So there's a lot going on there. I saw a story today that somebody's claiming that in Crimea, on the Crimean Peninsula, there's um, an ancient pyramid that goes back to the Jurassic with Whoa. a reptoid king entombed in it. He's very all this cool. stuff. And they, that's why they're there. They invaded they invaded Ukraine to to secure the reptoid king. Oh, I saw that. That knowledge? I saw yeah. that. The pyramid, yeah. I saw that and... Um, I read that before we went on air, and I didn't know whether to read that story or not because it was weird. But oh, there could story. be something there. But there could uh, be something there. Yeah, I, I don't think that has anything to do with them invading the Ukraine. It's just right. all their oil and gas pipelines go through there, and like like uh, Alan said, you know, they <laughs> all their food comes from there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm calling Batsquatch poo on that one. Um, yeah, there you go. By the way, uh, we're almost out of time here on this segment. Uh, Mike, I want to give you a minute here to, again, uh, promote your uh, your website and uh, the show that you're on. Uh, please do that. And uh, we, we have to go because we're going to have Olav Phillips here in a oh, few yeah, minutes after that. after the hour. So I want to uh, make sure that we get him on and give him uh, the, entire, the entire hour. So uh, give us right. again your links and uh, where everybody can listen to your radio show on uh, <clears throat> psn-radio.com. But... Uh, right. you know, <laughs> give out the other uh, link for the website so they can check out the podcast also because uh, okay. podcasting is fresh, everybody. It's all there, all the episodes, so give it right. away. Yeah, go to uh, theouteredgeradio.com, theouteredgeradio.com. There you will find a plethora of weirdness and uh, all the downloads, like, like Jackal was saying. Um, we are on live Sunday nights at midnight Eastern time from midnight till two. And, uh, so check that out if you get a chance, because we have a lot of fun. It's Tim Schwartz and I, and we always have an interesting guest or two come along. And every now and then Tim Beckley makes a a semi-regular appearance about once a month, I guess. So we have a lot of fun over there. So check that out. If you want to go check out my books, you and. And all that kind of stuff, and you can go to modomorphic.com, m o t t i m o r p h i c dot com. And there's a link there to my blog, modomorphic.com slash blog. But you can go there and see the the uh, fiction and the nonfiction, right. the research stuff, the artwork, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just uh, go there and have fun. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always it's always fun to come on here and and talk with you guys. So, hey, give my best to hear from you. Thanks, we definitely man. will. Love having you on, my friend, and we will have you on again pretty soon. So, all right, thanks, buddy. You guys, you guys, uh, get ready for it. Be careful. Keep your, keep your ear to the ground because the new world order is listening. That is uh, true. T- tell us something uh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Now pull the plug. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> all right, Mike. Thanks sir, uh, for being on, right, buddy. Guys. We- We're going to be back in a few minutes, uh, everybody, with our guest for the second hour, Mr. Olav Phillips.
Stick around and call in 786-245-8127 Want to thank Scorpio for calling in And uh, dropping those little nuggets there Not bad, I like some uh, some of the stuff He was giving us there But uh, yeah, wh- Which one do you think we should go for? Uh, let's let's see if anybody else is going to call in And give us some other ideas as well There you go, um, that should be something we should have recurring here uh, Call in everybody Well right now with Bull Twinkies But what should well, we yeah. migrate uh, you know, what should, I like the you know, Bat Squatch yeah, but what, you like calling poo. it Bat Squatch. Should bat we put, up, poo. Should we like put that. up that photo of Bat Squatch again that we found on the internet? Oh, man, that's so funny. We'll do that. In the, on, we'll, 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 we'll do that. Right yeah, now. send there it to me. Go. We'll do that, and I'll post it on Facebook. Uh, everybody will be back in a few with Olav Phillips again. Call in. This is Dark Matter Radio Network, PSN Radio, Skywatchers You're Radio. We'll be back. Dark Matter Radio Network. Death. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of and more. SupermanHomePage.com Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now, this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well, it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. It might just be your mental illness starting to kick in so if you're out of meds for the night then i have just the thing come listen to my show the jackal's head you can check out our listen live page only on www.psn-radio.com see you there this ad has been paid for by the jackal's head and the war on terror war it's fantastic Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Death falls, oh, help me on my 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio. Again, uh, live on the Dark Matter Radio Network, so please call in. Open lines for the remainder of the show, which is an hour long. We will have another break later on. But for now, we have Olav Phillips. And, uh, Olav, welcome to Skywatchers. And uh, hopefully we can get some calls to uh, ask you a few questions from the audience. But it's a pleasure to have you on, man. It's the first time you've been on this show, and uh, welcome. Well, it's a pleasure to be on the show. It's a great show. Now, give the audience a little bit of your background. <laughs> well, no, he's lying to you folks. It's a good show. Great, I don't know, man. We still have a lot of work on before we can get to a great show. But no, Tell the a- audience a little bit about yourself, man, because uh, you know, we went over your bio earlier, and uh, you, you're a very interesting dude. You, you, you archive a lot of UFO-related stuff, which uh, I didn't know that somebody was doing this kind of work. So give us a little bit of, of your info on your background. Sure. Well, the the main thing that I've been archiving these days is video. Um, I've been a researcher in UFOs and conspiracies for some time. Mm-hmm. I've been on a lot of <clears throat> a lot of radio shows, uh, TV shows. I was on UFO Hunters. Uh, I'm actually going to be on America Unearthed, uh, I guess, in September. Um, so I, I've done a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I love archiving things. I think I'm I'm kind of a librarian in some ways. Uh, so one of the things that I've been doing more recently is uh, a couple of years ago, I got my hands on a thing called a Roku. It's a uh, IPTV kind of setup and you can, you plug Roku in a box. Yep. Roku box. Yep. Um, so I went out and I've started to try to curate uh, rare, lost, old uh, UFO, conspiracy, cryptozoology documentaries, old TV shows that appear to be abandoned and then nobody cares about it anymore. So, so are trying- you talking about stuff that's public domain already or stuff yeah. that's still held by the rights owners as well? No, I I try to focus on things that are public domain. Um, okay. there, there's some stuff there's some stuff that's that's a little um, gray area. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever possible I try to even if I'm ninety nine percent sure it's public domain, you know, I try to confirm it first. I'm not no. here to put anybody off. Hold on, on, on your bio it says that you have a database of over 142,000 recorded sightings. Uh, has that grown over uh, since you wrote this uh, this bio, I guess maybe a year or two ago when you wrote it? I don't know when you wrote this, but uh, I mean 142,000, that's a lot uh, of uh, of uh, recorded sightings. Uh, do you think, how much do you think are there that you, don't have, you haven't actually recorded yet? Uh, you know, there are millions, um, I think, that are <clears throat> unrecorded or, you know, the problem is, is that when you think about UFO sightings databases, is that everybody has their own, right? You've got the National UFO Reporting Center. You've got, right. you know, MUFON. You've MUFON, got, right. right, QFOS. I mean, everybody's got a separate one and there's no unification. So, I mean, Goofon. Shout outs to Goofon. Yeah, <laughs> QFON. Everybody has one, uh, you know. So how do you how do you really get an accurate number? You can't. And does everybody play well with each other to share information? Hmm, Definitely that's a good not. Question. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. That, no, no I, I would I, I would argue that they don't. I mean, it's you know, it's one of those things where I've always believed that kind of information, at least as is manageable, should be free. Um, but you know, a lot of them hold it tight. Uh, almost like it's intellectual property, and the the reality is is that this is UFOs we're talking about. You know, if we're going to understand anything out of that data, it has to be shared and it has to be centralized. You know, only if it's centralized, then you have millions and millions of sightings, which I'm sure there are. You know, could you start to run analytics against it and start to understand patterns and 
you know, I, I've tried in some small way to understand patterns, but, you know, I have a limited data set. i got to ask, how many hours and hours of video would you say you have put together now? Hmm. Oh, on the Roku channel? Uh, I think I have over 400 videos. What is that Roku channel? Please plug it. It's the Anomalies channel. It's in the anomalieschannel.com. Excellent. And and big shout out to Doc Marquis and the Global Energy Movement guys and uh, Secret Space Conference. You know they were kind enough to let me put their stuff up. Uh, Programming the Nation, another great documentary. Uh, Conspiracy HQ. I put all his stuff up. <clears throat> so, a lot of content. Excellent. That's I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rummaging through it. Let me ask you: with all that video content that you have, is there one particular year or one particular decade that sort of sticks out that seems to have more sightings than any other well you know with all the video i mean these are full-blown documentaries so i think i personally i tend to uh kind of gravitate toward documentaries made in the 70s and the 80s um there it was a very prolific time for ufo film um alan landsberg the guy who made in search of was just getting started you know, uh, <clears throat> you have, you know, Chariots of the Gods, Mysteries from Beyond Earth. Um, you know, a lot of these programs came out in the 70s and the 80s. And I, there's just, I don't know, there's a quality to those those documentaries that I really enjoy, especially Landsberg. Landsberg was brilliant. I mean, his documentaries in search of ancient mysteries, in search of ancient astronauts and the outer space connection, especially the outer space connection, was shot in 35 millimeter. It was designed to be shown in a movie theater, so it's a very epic kind of documentary. Not the ones today aren't quite as epic. So uh, there's something I think lost in the in the beauty of seeing it in a movie theater. Now, Olaf, question: uh, Did Bill and Nancy Burns um, have any participation uh, with the original uh, putting together of the Roku box uh, with you? They I, did. They I think did. I've heard this story from them before. Yeah, uh, they bought me my first Roku. Uh, I knew I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> no, no, they 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 wanted to potentially put up some of their stuff. It's a project that never came to fruition. But yeah, anytime they want to put their stuff up, good to go. I've got it all figured out now. Oh, good times. <laughs> I owe them eternally for that purchase. Yeah, shout outs to Bill and Nancy Burns. Uh, shout outs to them. You know, Bill. Bill and Nancy are great people and, you know, fantastic researchers, ran a great yeah. magazine. So, yeah, I love and the, the future is bright with the reboot that they're going to do with their uh, magazine. Their yeah, it's very exciting. And, and you yeah. know, Future Theater is a fantastic show. I, I was on it once. It's really a great show to listen to. I know. I produce it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. sure. No, but don't hurt yourself, pat yourself on the back there, folks. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Shush, uh, Olaf. You know, let me ask you. Uh, speaking of uh, the you know documented uh, sightings that you have, uh, have you come across the Mona Lisa alien from the Apollo? I think it's the Apollo twenty mission, supposedly that's been leaked on the internet for a couple years now. I did. I actually have done uh, interviews on it. Um, what, what is your thought on that? Because that when I saw that, it, I said. You know, I think this might be real, but we've been fooled before, man. You know, the alien autopsy in the nineties killed me when I found out that was fake because I was like I was for sure that was a real alien I saw them open it up and I was like finally the truth is being revealed and then I find out Centilli and all them lied and it was a big hoax and I almost started crying like a little baby uh, so I don't want to do that again I don't want to get my hopes that high but what do you think of uh, this Mona Lisa alien video 
Well, actually, uh, I made a short form kind of documentary-ish thing about it. Uh, not really any voiceovers, but it's all the collected film that's uh, legitimate, as near as I can tell, of Apollo 20. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think so are we all in agreement? Hold on. Uh, does this mean sure. we're all in agreement that Apollo 20 did happen? I think it did. I have no reason to say it didn't at this point. I th- okay. I th- I think some of the footage is mm-hmm. is messed with. I think that yep. it's been manipulated. I don't think it's, you know, the the guy I forget his name, um, who is the, Rutledge, who is the command supposed commander of Apollo twenty. His story makes no sense whatsoever. Agree. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what the mean footage it makes is no wrong. sense. Well, number one, mean? he's he, he says he's a commander in the Air Force. The Air Force has no rank of commander. They have colonel, lieutenant colonel, major. General, the captain, lieutenant. I mean, well, there's actually, no I, I, I think I might need to disagree with that, and let me explain why. I need to Google. Well, that. Unless you're referring to him being <laughs> the commander of the mission. Well, that too. But if you actually look, you heard about the guy that hacked into uh, the Air Force and got that list. Uh, he was a twenty-something hacker that Gary ended McKenna. up with the list. Thank you, uh, McKenna, uh, that got that nice long list of what was called, um, not off-world, but there was another term used, non-terrestrial officers. Yes. Okay, some of them were listed as commander. That doesn't necessarily imply that they're Air Force. And and the database that he actually, or the systems that he hacked were DOD and NASA, not Air Force specifically. Right. Okay. Well, that's true. Uh, but there are other problems with Rutledge. Rutledge, you know, he claims that he. Well, made... his story has kind of been tweaked and changed a little bit, hasn't well, it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, you know, I have I have these canisters of film, and I moved to Rwanda, and as I fell in love with a Rwandan girl, right and... there, you should call bull Twinkies or Sasquatch <laughs> poo or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Uh, nobody priceless. moves to Rwanda on purpose. And I've Go got ahead. this priceless footage that I sent to some Rwandan outfit that I've never heard of before to transfer it to video. I mean, they, Hey, the listen, they, they just found in Uganda the missing Doctor Who episodes from the 60s. <laughs> who, who, would have thought that they, who would have thought that they saw Doctor, Doctor Who there? Huh? There's I, also I, other things. There's other footage, though, that's, that's pretty <laughs> fake. I mean, there's one of the, one of the pieces of footage is, is supposedly one of the... Um, one of the ch- the parts of the rocket breaking away, right, as it's staging. And as it's hurling away from the, you've got that kind of point of view camera by the engine, and you watch this piece separate, and it's kind of spinning off toward the Earth, right? But the Earth's not rotating. I mean, the, you know, and if you look at, like, the sparks hmm. that are flying when it pops and blows off, they're obviously right. computer-generated. The, the stuff... I think that's real is the stuff inside the capsule. Well, I could actually attest to that one, and I'll explain why. My girlfriend's father used to work for NASA, and he confirmed for me that the interior that is shown in that Mona Lisa video is the interior of a real and true, you know, LEM module. Yeah, it is. It's. there's other little things, right? There, there's a one point. I think it's Rutledge is panning around inside, inside the module, and you look out one of the triangular um, windows, right? And and no, you can see an astronaut's face in one of the videos, in one of the you, shots. You can, 
Yeah, you can. But but this one there, you're looking out the the triangular window, actually right. on the surface of the moon, and you can actually see one of the the Soviet lunar landers sitting there. Now that that alone makes a lot of sense, but it causes problems. Number one, it the the position that that he claims that they landed in is nowhere near where those things are. But its presence ah, there actually makes yeah. a lot of sense because those things have trans, radio transponders. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're looking for a target, right, and you're not trying to free flight it like we did in the earlier Apollo missions, if you're actually looking for a target, that thing's transmitting a beacon. So you can target that beacon and land relative to it because you have a positioning you have a, right. a positioning mechanism. Correct, yeah. But, you know, I was actually on the radio uh, <clears throat> on a, another show, and the host of the show, he had a, uh, <clears throat> he actually had a friend who was a uh, mortician, and the mortician took a look at it, and this guy's a licensed mortician in the state of Oregon, and he said that he was 100% that it was a body. Absolutely 100% certain it was a body. Really? No doubts whatsoever. No doubts whatsoever. Wow. And he, he said it looks like a freeze-dried body, a body that's that's been, you know, in some sort of cold right. weather, you know, airless environment for some period of time. And that's the waxy buildup that you see on the body is actually right. real. That, that It makes sense. I mean, yeah. it, it's not decomposed in a vacuum Correct. freezing vacuum of space. Uh, it's not, but they did find supposedly the the, the you know the story goes that they found a second body which was decomposed. Uh, so there's that also that rumor. It was yeah, right. damaged. I guess uh, according they to the, uh, the, the report. Yeah, right. they were, it was a man. They they were or a male. They they think it was a male, but they recovered the head. But wow, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of things about it. I mean, to me, if it's a hoax, it's an incredibly complex hoax to execute. From them shooting film through those through the, the windows of the LEM as they're you know as they're descending and and shooting film through through the windows of the command module, right? You know of the of the object, even the object itself, the pitting and the scarring. You can see where the when it was hit by meteorites, you know it's a high velocity impact that there mm-hmm. there was melt melting and and scorching around the impact points. You know, it's an incredibly complicated hoax, but the... It, I mean, it's not like it can't be done, though. I mean, we got to be honest and, and be fair and here. Leonov, it can be done, but it's going to cost a lot of money to do something like this. Oh, yeah, this. and Alexei Leonov, one of the people that was supposedly on, on 20, was... I forget what he was doing, but he was kind of MIA for a while, around the time when 20 was supposed to take place. Wow. So that we don't now we know where he was. Yeah. But you know the soundtracks they're they're all garbled and and you know chewed up and I think that's probably intentional you know but the 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 lem footage for me you know that's that sealed the deal I I'm pretty sure that that stuff's real I mean I, yeah. I'm as sure as I can be you know I wasn't there to shoot it I mean, do you think this is the only thing we found on the moon, or do you think we found other oh. things? Because we were, you know, rumors are that we were told not to go back after a certain period, and uh, you know there was uh, activity up there, heavy activity. Uh, do you think all that stuff is real? Do you really think that there was so much activity, and we were told to just not, not to go back, and that's why uh, after well, a while we stopped going? Or did we even stop going? I mean, maybe we have been going, but in secret. You know what I mean? So there's always that. Well, I think it depends on your perspective, right? Right. 
you know, some if you're if you're very bought into the idea of aliens being on the moon, there's this notion that that they told us they've got a base in the far side of the moon, which is you know perpetually turned away from the Earth, right? And they told right. us not to come back. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's the Hoagland scenario, these massive uh, crystalline domes and other stuff. Me Which, by the way, look, Hoagland, by the way, he's out there a lot of times with a lot of stuff he's said over the years, uh, especially when Art used to have him on uh, on Coast when he had, uh, you know, epic shows with Hoagland. And he, you know, I mean, it was amazing to listen to him. And a lot of yeah. the stuff that, you know, that he said over the years is a little far-fetched. But he really convinced me with the uh, the glass structures on the moon, the towers, sure. all that stuff. I mean, that was very, very convincing data that he provided. Uh, so I always got to give him props for that because that oh, really yeah. was good information. Go it, it was. It was, and, and it, it very interesting shows. Yeah. But I, you know, for my money, I I've kind of in in recent years I've started to shy away from the notion that they're aliens up there. I think it's us. I think right. we have yep. bases. That's what up. I'm thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Because I mean, even in the late '50s, the the army had a had a project called Project Horizon. Where they wanted to establish a base of a couple hundred uh, soldier astronauts, the Air Force—I forget the name of the term. I wrote an article about it for Paranoia. Mm-hmm. I, I forget the name of the the uh, the project, but a couple years, like 1961, the Air Force was preparing to build a moon base with like 80 80 astronauts. You know, the Russians had a program called Zvezda, where they wanted to put a moon base up there. All this is all pre-Apollo. Right. Yeah, but here's here I gotta ask a question though. If we were actually up there, uh, why the hell did we drop a nuke on the uh, pole of the moon? Why did we bomb it? Well, we might have uh, been trying to get rid of uh, something that was there. Okay, that we, don't, that we didn't want other countries to find. Maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, there, there's all kinds of different reasons. The, maybe. the larger the larger question is: if we're already there, then why do we have the whole Apollo program, right? Well, smoke and mirrors, my friend. Exactly, smoke and, and mirrors. Magicians and, you know, drop and, drop they do their act a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean dropping a bomb on the pole. You know, you know. I mean that could be part of the smoke and mirrors campaign as well. I mean, I, like I said, I've always bought into the idea that there's something up there. But the more I think about it, even back to I forget when it was. It was the mid '90s, I think. Lear, John Lear, you know, was talking about mining operations on the moon. He had pretty compelling photos of what looked like track marks. There's oh, I a, remember those. Yeah, t- there's something called TLP, transient light phenomenon, that occurs on the moon where spontaneously lights will move across the surface of the moon. You know, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily think that they're aliens. I, I think it's us. And I think that, you know, when we send up some of these things, you know, like if you look at the – if you look at the uh, – the photography and the film that was done when they landed on the moon, you know, as they're driving around in the lunar rover, it, it's kind of like watching a Looney Tunes that you're seeing the same mountains over and over again. And, you know, that, that that's probably covering up structures that, that are adjacent to it. I mean, when they landed, when the first mission on the first Apollo mission landed, you know, they were off target. They were, they were not where they were supposed to be. That's true. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's actually a very riveting thing to listen to. Yeah, but let me ask you this then: What about the unique, large, large structures 
that are still on the JPL photos and the NASA photos, like the mile-long towers or mile-high towers and other stuff. We could not have built that to get no. the tool supplies, the smelting, the ore, all the stuff. It ain't ours. Well, well, you can, I'm sure we found a lot of stuff out there, yeah. and we've taken over some bases a bit up there. In fact, there was another video, Olav, and I don't know if you've seen this, of uh, a base on the moon. It shows the astronauts actually walking through the base. I've never seen that one. You'll have to send me the link to that one. Oh, I, I'll send you that in a couple minutes. I'll look it up here in a second. But, but you know, but, it's, I mean, as far as, there there could have been something existing there. I mean, if you if you think, as I do, that Apollo 20 is real, obviously something alien was floating around up there. We didn't build that. Well, well, I would say, are we sure it's alien? Because that was way too humanoid. Um, they actually have the description of this Mona Lisa figure having six fingers. And we know in the Middle Ages, most people that ended up being born with six fingers, because it was a genetic trait of ours, um, they killed off. Um, I'm just wondering if it is some type of another tangent of humanity. Uh, that you know. And what about the whole hollow moon theory? Um, yes. you, know, you know, when when the uh, right. when the Apollo lifted off, uh, it sounded like it echoed for a couple of well, hours. Actually, they fired they fired something into the moon, right? And when it impacted, it rang like a bell. Apparently, yeah. um, you know, That's I, bizarre. if you if you look at the Apollo twenty ship, if you look at the iconography that's on the surface of the ship, it's actually very like Mayan, very you know Central South American. Kind of, uh, kind of well, the, iconography. Well, the pastel colors, I might say, yeah. You mean for their patch symbol? No, no, no. On the surface of the ship, if you actually look at the ship itself, the grooves and to me, it looks like very, the uh, technology from Stargate. When I look at it, I see something that's that's very Central American. But you know, but everybody, I know, I know what you're saying with the curves and the shaping of that. Right. Uh, that supposed ship but what i really noticed was there's a lot of holes in it it's like it took a meteor beating like you wouldn't believe well it's also been there for a while true you know if if it is if it is an offshoot of humanity which is perfectly reasonable if you think about like the vedas and in the you know the ancient history of india right the vedas very clearly you know discuss like atomic wars and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's not beyond the pale that they fronted a ship of that size and, and crash-landed it on the moon. I mean, the damage you see, I think, is from it sitting there for a while. Or it's the damage that it incurred the well, I mean, that, you know, That was a question I was going to ask you. How long do you think this uh, ship has been on the moon? I couldn't even venture a guess. Longer There's than no our current history. Probably. How about that? Well, it could be. Yeah, I mean, it would... I, I don't think it's within our, our current history. I well, at least uh, United States history. I don't no, no, I'm, sa- I'm saying not years. in our current recorded history of the no. past, well, you know, five thousand years or so. It's got to be. It might that. be. Yeah, it might be four or five thousand. It could be. The thing is, in space, uh, in a vacuum like that, that that body could survive several thousand years in that condition. Yeah, but you could you could so. carbon date it and figure it out. Figure out how old it is. Have they carbon dated this thing? Well, yet, you know? hold on. Well, I'm sure they did. Well, we don't know. know information well, on hold that on, hold on. Carbon dating only works to a certain degree because the radiation levels. True. That's true. That's true. So if there was no radiation on the moon, wouldn't carbon be irrelevant? Well, no, but there's a – carbon dating, it is exposed to radiation on the moon. It depends on the shielding of the ship, right? There's solar radiation that's being cast out by the sun every minute of every hour of every day. Right, but radioactive decay with carbon dating would be a problem, I would think. 
Not necessarily. Especially, especially when you're outside of the Van Allen belt, which means you're prone to all sorts of radiation issues. That's what I was going to say. Is that yeah? That in retrospect, being out, being directly exposed to solar radiation, depending on depending on the shielding of the ship. Right. I was going to say you got to give the ship uh, some credit here for holding up yeah. for that long, also, because uh, I'm pretty sure that technology that got them there is pretty advanced and it can hold up uh, to whatever solar radi- radiation. Uh, comes its way. I mean, it looks like it's uh, a very large ship. Somebody put a, a diagram of it, and uh, supposedly you could put like two or three Titanics in it. Yeah, I saw that one. And they yeah. only found one body. That's what's no. no they found no, two. two, two, two right. for that big of a ship. I want to know if what they had in the cargo hold, or um, you know, or did they drop everybody off here and then? My question. My question, you know, question. we've reported here in, in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, we we talked about the uh, the Black Knight satellite. I wonder if this has any connection to that. Now, have you done any research, uh, Olav, on the uh, Black Knight satellite? I've actually discussed it with uh, Duncan Lunan, the guy who originally found oh, it, no the Long Delay Echoes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? I mean, oh. Yeah, it's, you know, his hypothesis was that it was a Bracewell probe, a kind of autonomous uh, robot probe. Right. <clears throat> and the the way you find it, right, it sits out at a Lagrange point where it doesn't move, and you fire out radio transmissions to it, and the and first one will come back right away, then it'll send another one back. The same, it's bouncing the transmission and starts to bounce it at regular intervals, and that's supposed to be a indicative that it's intelligent because it's it's kind of like cueing it and sending right. it back to you at like one minute, five minute, ten minute, you know. So, well, number. so it could be intelligently driven, but it doesn't mean there's somebody there pushing buttons right now. But. Right, it's an autonomous. It's right, most right, likely right. an autonomous. It's an Autobot or a Decepticon. Plain <laughs> one, or <laughs> one or the other. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, one, what, one, of, one of my theories, Olaf, has always been that we've kind of uh, not only you know been seated here, of course, that's the, the, the big uh, theory in ufology that we, you know, aliens came down and seeded us, or the Anunnaki came down and you know manipulated our genome and created Homo erectus or whatever. Uh, Australopithecus. There's so answer. there's so many different theories on the ancient astronauts, but I do think there was interaction. I do think that all humans might not be originally from Earth, which would this would explain why there's different races uh, of people on this planet, you know, so different looking, but yet we still look humanoid, uh, or we look human, right? We're all human beings, but there are different races. Could it be that maybe these people that we found on the moon on this ship uh, represent uh, what later became Indian, Asian folks on this planet? You know, maybe they are an indigenous to the planet. Uh, do you think that might be a possibility? Well, I, I have to be, I have a bias on this because I, I actually studied anthropology, Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, the make me look not smart. Go ahead. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's not hard really. It's not all up. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, um the the difference in in racial groups, right, is generally seen as a as a uh response to the environment. That's what they say, but has that been proven? I think it's been pretty well proven. I mean, one of the one of the ways that you can See, for example, is in sub-Saharan, sub-Saharan Africa, right? Um, populations there, their their blood cells are slightly uh, curved, and okay. and to fight off malaria, right? The byproduct of this curvature, though, is sickle cell anemia, where you have a, a blood you have a blood cell that's so curved that it can't intake uh, protein and other stuff. 
<clears throat> so, you know, there are there are changes in the morphology of, of humans depending on where they're from, depending on the amount of sun that's there, depending on the, the light conditions. For example, I'm Scandinavian, so my light my eyes are, are blue. Right. So I, I function better in lower light conditions because I can't I my I get overwhelmed as many people with bl- light blue eyes do in very light environments, right? If I go to the desert, I, I used to have to go to Vegas uh, every few months to do maintenance uh, for the stuff I do d- during the day, so to speak. And you know, I go out there, especially in the summer, and it was just so bright I couldn't see, right? But you know, you take somebody that's from a it's from like you know Saharan Africa, and they. Can see much better because their their eyes are better adapted to right. highlight well, conditions. Right, their 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 makeup, their DNA evolves I'm pale. over time. Right, I'm pale. Somebody who's right. darker, but we see that with animals also in in the in the wild. We see that with animals as uh, time passes, sure. they will evolve to fit their surroundings. Well, the Galapagos uh, Islands are a perfect example, right? Because you have right. You, know, you can take a you'll have like forty different species of the same bird depending right. on which part of the island they live on. That's not to say we weren't seeded. I mean, if you go back, there's a monumental jump from the Australopithecines. There were more, they were more ape-like into the Homo, Homo erectus, Homo habilis. You know, the there's a massive jump in in sophistication. But one of the more interesting jumps is that when you get into the Cro-Magnon and you and you get into the uh, the Homo neanderthalensis, that they coexist. But like the the uh, Cro-Magnon actually had a much larger brain. That if you look at a the size of the brain, I think it's like fifteen hundred cc's is a standard human brain. The Neanderthal actually had something that was on par with that, where the the Cro-Magnon actually had like an eighteen or nineteen hundred cc brain. Their brains were actually larger, and by and as a result, they were seen as more sophisticated. But and the Cro-Magnons died out, and the Neanderthals continued. Olaf, let so, me ask you a question. Uh, were you listening to our show earlier before you hopped in? No. By any chance? We were talking with a gentleman who was talking about the possibility of, even up until today, that another species of humanity or some somewhere where it's split off is still and currently living inside the Earth. and that's and that's where what the Roswell whole situation was an encounter really with them, not with off-worlders, to say the least. It's, it's, now, it's possible. Well, uh, everything's it's po- possible. It, it, yeah, it's possible. And here's the thing. There's a lot, of, a evidence, it's a, there's a lot of evidence uh, going in that direction, Alan, uh, because of the whole USO phenomenon. A lot of people reporting seeing UFOs coming out of the water or USOs, as they're called now. And uh, you know that tells you that they are definitely doing something down there. Whether that's where they originate from, well, well that's that, part of that theory. That's assuming that they're alien. Well, exactly, that's assuming they're alien. I mean, they could if, be... Here's, yeah. here's the thing, and, and he's talking about Mike Mott earlier. They could be us. They, I mean, they could be just government agencies that we have that are so black-budgeted that they have bases well, deep down in the ocean that we don't know about. Autech is a classic example. Autech right. is... You know, the Area 51 of the Navy, you know, if you're going to hide something, right, you know, you have two options. You can hide it on the earth and, you know, that goes back. There's uh, there was a, a great documentary thing done on some of the early programs at Area 51 around the A4 
or not the A4, the uh, A12 and the SR-71. You know, these guys, they'd go out and they'd be working on the plane, be like, okay, there's a satellite pass in 14 minutes. And they'd have a stopwatch and, the, you know, they had to truck everything back into the hangar, wait for the satellite to go over, then they come back out, they continue their work, right? So if you build it, even in Patri- Patriot Games, you know, there's this notion they're in a they're right, in like with, a terrorist training camp. It's like, oh, there's right. a satellite pass. Everybody yep. go in the tent. You're prone to that if you're on the surface. If you're if you decide to hide whatever you're doing under the ocean, the ocean acts as a kind of light, kind of protective layer. Right. Even even to the point where if you're running nuclear reactors and other things that are generating a, a fair amount of heat, the the ocean will dissipate it, so you can't necessarily get strong heat traces from a satellite in the ocean right and we have you know like the Laurentian trench is or the Laurentian abyssal is effectively bottomless so you know if you're hiding stuff that's a great spot to hide it well we don't have the technology hmm. to go that far because of no pressure. that's what they tell us Ellen. well remember that's what they uh, tell us doesn't mean that's what the actual facts are my friend the guy who runs the skunk works um I forget his name right now, but he, run, he runs a skunk works and he, he has a very famous quote where he says that not only did he get the, not only he, does he have the technology to take ET home, but he got a contract to do it. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. it's a real, that's a real quote <laughs> as far as I know. That's the best quote I've heard all year. Actually, that's a good quote. But, you know, you, you know, from my point of view, I, I've done some of the research I've done more recently indicates that at least a sizable portion of the UFOs that we see. Now, I'm not saying they're all human, but at least a sizable, you know, a sizable portion of them are actually human built and powered. That they're not necessarily alien. I, I think there is alien stuff up there, but I don't know that. You know, I I tend to side on on the Hynek Valley kind of chart where they say, okay, you know, ten or fifteen percent of them are so anomalous that they're alien in origin. I mean, I I saw a UFO once. Uh, well, a few at once, <laughs> and they were doing things that, that no human pilot could do. They, they were obviously, if you know, alien to me. But well, what, once again, no human pilot, considering the technology you think we have. But yeah. if they have anti gravity technologies, they could probably simulate the interior. Like, look at Star Trek for crying out loud. I mean, that's a perfect <laughs> example of virtual damage. Exactly what could be done. Uh, I mean, look, Star Trek for years has made uh, technologies possible in the future. I mean, they've dreamed it. We've made it happen. So well, who's not to say that... Phone, the first cell phones, you know, the modern cell phones, not the big bricks from the 80s. Right, but the, the, the smartphones. Yeah. They open up like a communicator. I always used to get a kick out of it. Or old Motorola. Right. You, know, you flick it open, you know. <laughs> so, so who's yeah. not to say that we don't have that technology already? Where no, there are hundreds... You could be in that starship, man, and you don't feel anything, and you're good to go. Right, you can that's sit on true. your chair. I mean, there are that... hundreds and hundreds of years ahead of us. I mean, look at Stanton right. Friedman, right? When Stanton Friedman, you know, renowned UFO researcher, oh, was, yeah. uh, was in the private sector in the 50s, he was putting nuclear reactors in aircraft. Correct, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they do things on DARPA that we can't even imagine. That's why I say uh, they, they're so much more advanced than we could ever conceive but so I, I, don't, I don't put I it would past argue them. There's compelling evidence that that a lot of the UFOs that we we see, even back to the Betty and Barney Hill story, a lot of these UFOs that we see are, I think, human in origin. 
I don't think that Betty and Barney Hill were abducted by aliens either. You know, that's interesting, and we do have to hit a commercial break here real quick. We're going to be back with Olav Phillips, and uh, when we come back from the break, I actually want to get into that, uh, this uh, conversation with Betty and Barney Hill because uh, th- this even goes back to Travis Walton. So well, stick, stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dark Matter Radio Network. Death Forest, can you see this? <laughs> but nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. <laughs> Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. Might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Free stuff for you just for listening to this station. Yeah, we got your attention. Here's how it works. You click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio loyalty. Click the banner to join now.
All right, everybody, we are back on Skywatchers Radio. Once again, here live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, PSN Radio. I want to thank Keith Rowland, uh, who makes this possible every week on Dark Matter Radio Network for uh, letting us broadcast here live. And also our friends at TalkStream Live for uh, putting our show up there every week and uh, doing the job they do. Bill Freeze and all them, they do a really good job on TalkStream Live. And uh, Bill's going to be on our show pretty soon in the near future, by the way. I want to give him a shout-out tonight. Uh, also, I want to let our uh, listeners know uh, there is something that uh, we got to hawk here for a minute, and it's a product that's a new little uh, mini speaker amplifier FM radio uh, that, uh, that I wanted to uh, promote here re- uh, real quick. It's a really cool little device. It's USB micro SD uh, card on it. It's an MP3 player, really cheap price on it. It's uh, something that my friend Alan over here is uh, telling me to uh, promote on the show uh, because he's selling it. So, uh, Alan, yeah, I, I give the audience a little bit on this uh, this device. Uh, it's it's a cool little thing. It's a cool little thing that you can plug onto your phone or plug onto your tablet or your laptop, and it amplifies your uh, sound. It's got a flashcard slot on it, uh, and the cool part is when you plug it into any Windows device, all the buttons work as your media controller, too. Uh, I just picked up about two dozen of them, if anybody wants one, uh, because I wanted to get the wholesale price on it. So in order to get the wholesale price, I had to order two dozen, and I've got about 18 of them left. If any listener wants to be able to listen to this nice and clear and nice and loud, uh, I'm getting rid of them for about 20 bucks. And uh, he's going to send me one so I could test it just to you know be a guinea pig for it. Of course, it's for free. And I'm going to tell everybody on every show how good these, product, these uh, speakers are. And, of course, they'll buy it, Alan, because I'm going to put my word behind it. Okay, the question is, Is how are we going to let them contact us to get Ah, that's a good question. Uh, well, you can use this email, info at skywatchersradio.com. Uh, that's a generic email for the show here. And, uh, Alan, do you have an email you want to give out? Maybe. Uh... No, that's, that's fine because I want to make sure you get a piece of the action so that way there we can go. actually continue to be able to afford to do this show that exactly. no one has yet to donate funds to us. Even though we're Nobody. taking up so much time of our lives to do this show for you folks. That's correct. So give a little donation. Buy some speakers. They're really cool little speaker amplifiers. Actually, they're uh, really listen- loud. <laughs> they're really loud. And you can listen to this show right on them. It's a really cool little device. Uh, you'll love it. Your kids will love it. Your wife will love it. Everybody will love it. Olav will love it because I'm sure when we get off, he's going to get his credit card and buy one. Ain't that right, Olav? Absolutely. There we go. So, anyway, we're back with Olav uh, Phillips, our guest of the night. And we only have about 15 minutes left on the show. And if you guys want to call in, you know the number. 786-245-8127 is our call-in number. As always, we are live. Olav, uh, we were talking before we went on break about uh, something that's very important here, about you know these aliens possibly being us, humans. And I said before we went on break that this deals, uh, it goes really deep. It even kind of connects into the Travis Walton thing. Uh, Travis, when I interviewed him years ago, uh, said on my show, and he said it, you know, several times before, I'm not the only person he's told this to, but, you know, he said that he feels that there might be uh, some kind of, a, of a, you know, MK Ultra connection to what happened to him. Uh, he did see Nordic-looking aliens or Nordic-looking beings on the ship. Uh, I, I think that this is definitely a possibility, uh, but he also saw gray aliens. Do so you think there is a connection that really is happening? Do you think that we really are in bed with the grays? Do you think that is really uh, the secret behind everything? And are the grays from the Earth? I guess we could go back to that conversation from earlier also. Uh you know, what are your thoughts on the the whole connection with Travis Walton there? 
Well, um, I think seeing the Nordics is very interesting. Um, that That's uh, something that I've done some research into. Um, as far as the greys, you know, a lot of times people have reported the greys as to be some sort of a biological automaton. I mean, maybe we built them. I don't, I'm not completely bought Possibility. Zeta reticuli thing. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you know, it, it, it's funny you say that because there are people who say that the greys are robots or, or they're androids or whatever. Or right. I mean, that is, that's that's possibility, but it, could it also be possible that they were left here by some advanced race that came down, seated us, left, but left them here to kind of monitor what was going on? It It is possible. I mean, when you get in the realm of ufology, many things are possible because you're willing to make these leaps of faith as far as <clears throat> you know what the ultimate source and agenda is. I mean, I've always maintained that if, if aliens are here, which I, I think they are in some small portion, right. you know, they would treat us kind of like Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. You know, every every week when I was a kid, I used to tune into Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, and I watch Merlin Perkins, and you know, he's up there on the helicopter, the tranquilizer gun, and he's shooting, you know, a buffalo and then tagging it. Well, if you think about the alien implants and all these kinds of things, it's it's just an advanced tagging program. I mean, they're, they're taking blood samples, they're taking tissue samples. Cattle mutilations, you know, they're taking protein-rich parts and reproductive organs. You know, if you take the if you take the the meat out of an animal, even a human, if you look at it, you can tell a lot about about that animal. You know, what kind of right. diet does it have? What kind of exposure to toxins? Its longevity. If a lot it goes good it. with barbecue sauce, I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. There's a place here with great barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's just yeah. so wrong. It's not. <laughs> you don't eat hamburgers. <laughs> okay, it's a then. cookbook. <laughs> exactly. How to serve man. It's a cookbook. It's, it's a, a cookbook. cookbook. <laughs> now, how much do you think of what Michio Kaku has said in the past about uh, you know the definition of where we are as a civilization? We're stage zero. How much do you think that has to do with the fact that we really don't know the answers to this UFO phenomenon? Uh, do you think we're going to have to like get to stage one or two or type three civilization before we figure out what really is going on? Well, I think I think that if. I think that if you want to find aliens, you would have to. Because, you know, as a type zero, we really, you know, at least in the public sector, we really haven't mastered space travel. So if you're going to go out into space and try to find aliens, you need a type one civilization that has achieved some level of space travel. Whether it's multi-generational or however you do it, you find the, the key to hyperspace or what, you know, you've got warp engines or whatever you're doing. You have to move beyond you know, our kind of heliosphere, the this sun controlled environment right. out into deep space to go. I mean if you're gonna if you think that aliens are in are in Zeta Reticuli, you kinda have to go to Zeta Reticuli to make sure. Now didn't we recently have a probe that passed the heliosphere, which is like the first yeah. Voyager. Voyager, right? Right. Was and it Voyager it, Voyager two was it or Voyager? Uh, I think it's Voyager two. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know, it's got a little disc on it. That tells them exactly how to find us. So yeah, that's not a, that yeah. Was a the good question idea. is, is that a good yeah. thing or a bad thing? Well, it depends, yeah. right? I mean, the Klingons apparently blew it up. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephen Hawkins doesn't think that's a good idea. That we're yeah, he trying to make contact. Very, he thinks it's a very bad idea. Which you know, he has a lot of merit in that because look, it didn't work out that that well for the Indians or the Native Americans uh, <laughs> well, when when we landed here. You know, so uh, just imagine that on a global scale, my friend. 
Well, it's Independence Day. <laughs> Let's keep exactly. the movie references going, right? <laughs> yeah, but okay. I don't think we're going to have a genius like Jeff Goldblum fixing our slight little problem there. And Maybe. There are a lot of very smart guys out there. <laughs> I, I tell you, out. man, that was a genius idea, given the computer <clears throat> virus. But, you know, the, the, the one thing I wanted to get back to is this notion that Wal- Walton saw Nordics. You know, there's something kind of fishy about these Nordics, right? Right. One of the most famous Nordics ever was a guy named Valiant Thor. Oh, it, yeah, we've heard about Valiant Thor. Yeah, yeah, and in the 50s, Valiant Thor and his companions uh, actually went, and I think Valiant Thor actually had brown hair, but they went to the Pentagon and were actually like debrief- seriously debriefed in the Pentagon. But there's there's a problem, right? Just even without looking too deeply into it, just on the surface of it, if I'm an alien from Venus, uh, you would think that I would name myself something or I'd be named something right. that's relative to the culture. Why would I be the gr- brave god of thunder as my name? I mean, it makes Valiant sense. Valiant Thor. Yeah, like, Thor is the god his of name thunder. Should, his name should be like Gugugugu or some craziness. Right, like that. something nuts. Or, or you know, as, as happens sometimes with people that have names from other countries, you know, they'll they'll have a kind of English like name. Yeah, like, like Africa. Right, but but Valiant Thor, brave god of thunder. There's a kind of implication there, and if you if you look at Betty and Barney Hill, in the first uh, regression that they did, the one that a lot of people don't talk about, um, Barney Hill says that when they were abducted, when they went on board the ship, that the the aliens actually looked like Nazis. That they wore black, tight, form fitting jumpsuits. They were black, silver piping, very reminiscent right. of an SS, you know, right. uh, Panzer uniform. And and one of the other interesting things is that he said, and I believe Betty Bar- Betty Hill said that they were actually guided around by a redheaded Irishman. And the reason that that's significant, and people a lot of times don't know this, is that during World War II, the IRA, the Republic- Irish Republican Army, actually sided with the Nazis, and the Nazis actually gave them equipment. And training. The the IRA actually sent large numbers of people into Nazi Germany to be trained on how to use, you know, their submachine guns and their you know, the Panzerfaust, their anti tank rockets and a lot of stuff. It was so significant that the IRA and the uh <clears throat> there's another group, um the the um well, mainly the IRA, but they actually sent a contingent that fought in the Spanish Civil War on the side of the fascists, and they they had people that fought in World War II on the side of the Nazis. So it's mm. it's perfectly reasonable that there would be a, a red-headed Irishman there, on there if, yeah. if it was controlled by the Germans. You would also expect to see Scandinavians. Because there were large number of Norwegians that, that right. sided with the Germans, Italians, French, Spaniards. These, you know, you would expect to see this. Mm-hmm. Well, you do. And if you look at, I found an old uh, look. I think it was Look Magazine did a did a piece on on uh, symbols that are seen on UFOs. And if you actually look at some of those symbols, they look like. Uh, symbols from World War II. There's the chevrons that the Luftwaffe used to put on the sides of the planes that designate the rank of the pilot. Uh, there was a symbol that that looked like a fa- that was used by the Italian fascists on their aircraft. Um, another funny thing is that people would report um, seeing these like boxes, kind of on the sides of the UFOs, 
and they'd have like a red star and then it would say like uh ussr and then a number or it would say it would have like a like a box and then it would say like us and then a four digit number or un and a four digit number it's always like two roman or two things out of the roman alphabet like letters and then four digits and then some sort of a symbol in a box well if i'm from venus i'm not going to put on the side of my ufo and then four numbers that i could read <laughs> yeah and call myself have, valiant thor right the yeah. other problem i have is that if you if you look at the uh <clears throat> the star map the famous star map as far as i know that's that could be wrong but that star map appears to show the path from the earth somewhere else right commonly indigenous groups including you know here in the united states when we make maps we make maps relative to where we're from right we started our starting point and we move outward right you would never get somebody from zeta reticuli the the starting point would be earth (laughs) right no and that makes perfect sense and all that stuff again happened after the war uh you know and here's what's crazy uh olav uh you know we inherited all the nazi scientists and all that stuff from nazi germany and they we brought them all over it is very plausible that they continued whatever secret program the nazis were working on uh they joined forces with what was going on that's what's been going on in secret for the last uh, 60 70 years uh th- all this stuff is very very plausible it's very possible that what happened to betty and barney hill was some kind of a mk ultra scenario maybe something mind control where they think they saw aliens but they really were being manipulated by nazis or uh you know the descendants of uh what, what was left from nazi germany all that stuff is very very possible it's uh, amazing uh to think about that this is, could be the possibility or it could be the you know the actual uh you know the reason behind all the ufo phenomenon or at least space, a big part of it space nazis yeah, space Nazis. No kidding. Olaf, listen, we're almost out of time. Uh, it's been a blast having you on the show, my friend. I want to give you a couple minutes here to uh, please plug your website, anything you're working on. If you're going to be any uh, at any convention or anything in the near, in the near future, I know uh, you authors like to go around and uh, plug your book. So, uh, you know, anything you want to plug, please uh, take a couple minutes here to do so. Well, uh, the Roku channel, it's uh, theanomalieschannel.com. Uh, I write a lot for Paranoia Magazine, paranoiamagazine.com. And yes, you do. Most- most of my articles, you can find them on conspiracyhq.com. And actually, I have some in the Conspiracy Journal as well. Very cool. Olaf, we have to have you back on in the near future, man. You're, you're Oh, yeah, guest. very much so, yeah. Anytime. Uh, thank you for uh, for being here, my friend. Uh, we're going to let you go now, and uh, we're going to say goodnight uh, here on uh, Skywatchers Radio in a, about a minute here. I just want to you know go again and uh, thank everybody who joined us tonight, uh, from William Michael Mott. Uh, to our caller, Scorpio, and all you listening out there, shame on you again for not calling in. Uh, I don't know what the heck is going on because we have a lot of listeners right now, and, uh, you know, they didn't call in. But phenomenal guest, uh, Olav. Uh, again, you're great. Uh, we want to definitely book you for the very near future. Uh, we'll be back live again next week, everybody, right here at 1 in the morning Eastern on Skywatchers Radio, on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and on PSN Radio. For my co-host, Alan, say goodbye, Alan. Bye-bye, Alan. For our guest... Mr. Olaf Phillips, say goodbye, Olaf. Bye. There you go. <laughs> this is Angel. This is Skywatchers Radio. And for Keith Rowland, our uh, chief, I bid you good night, and we'll see you again next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>